Good morning. It's good to be back here with you again at this beautiful and holy sanctuary dedicated to our faith and the worship of God. This morning in the gospel, we hear the story of the rich young man who comes to Jesus, and he asks him what he should do to be saved. And Jesus tells him in the way that he had probably heard all of his life growing up, he tells him the commandments, and he says, if, if you do these things, you will be saved. But the young man, I think, who was very genuine in his question, he wasn't just asking this to Christ, saying, uh, I'm, I'm trying to trick you in some way or trying to just, you know, hear what you have to say. I think the young man came to him with a very genuine request. And he said, well, what else, right? There, there has to be more. Maybe he was convicted in his heart. Maybe there was something that was telling him that, yes, he had done all of these things. He was a good person, but yet he lacked something. And he came to the great teacher, to the Christ, and he said, what else? What else is there? And Jesus tells him to go and sell all that he has, to give to the poor and to follow him. This brings great sorrow into the heart of that young man. Yes, he was convicted. Yes, he wanted to do the right thing. Yes, he wanted to be closer to God, but he was not able to go that next step. For evidently, Jesus recognized in him something that was separating him from God. The disciples who see all of this and hear all of it and go, well, well, if this man of, 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 of wealth, if this man who has followed the commandments all of his life, if, if he can't be saved, who can, right? I mean, it's a legitimate question, right? He has wealth, he has status, he, he's been a good person. And so they question Jesus, and Jesus says, with men, this is not possible. With men by themselves, on their own, with us as human beings on our own, it is not possible for us to overcome the things that separate us from God. But he says, with God, all things are possible. If we ask ourselves today what separates us from God, we can certainly hear the words of the Apostle Paul in Romans 8 who says, nothing can separate us from the love of God. His love is always extended to us. His grace is always there for us. His presence and assurance and strength and wisdom is, are always there for us. But the question is, what separates us from God? Not from God, what, causes, what God causes to separate us. It is what we do. What do we have in our lives that we choose that yes, we can overcome, as Paul says, but that separate us from God. One of our readings from the lectionary this past week was Romans, this very passage in Romans chapter 8, and I read this morning, what then shall we say to this? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. Will he not also give us all things with him? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is it to condemn? It is Christ Jesus who died, yes, who was raised from the dead, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. 
Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul here in these few short verses is, is covering everything. He's covering any possible condition of our lives that would separate us from God. The first is the human condition. Paul here in verse 35 talking about tribulation, distress, persecution, famine or nakedness, peril or the sword. He's talking about circumstances in which he had been in. He was talking about the challenges of being an apostle. As we know, many of the apostles that suffered greatly for going and proclaiming the gospel. But in this, he's saying to us, and I think we can see this in other places in his epistles, look, he, and he doesn't brag. He doesn't brag very often, but he, he does point out no one has suffered like I have suffered. He provides lists like this over and over again to remind people of what he was suffering for the sake of the gospel and his willingness to do it. And he points out to us that there is no human condition, there is no status of our human bodies or our place, our physical place, that cannot separate us from God. He's saying to the Romans here, I've been through all of this, and God is with me, and God loves me, and that love is very real and gives me strength. There is nothing in your life that can separate you from the love of God. Why is the church called the ministry to those who are in need, those who are hungry, those who are struggling with their health, those who need a home and clothing? Why do we do these kinds of ministries? It is to address the human condition and to remind people and to show people that no matter what state they are in, no matter what they struggle with, God's love is there and it is shown and visible through our service to them. He feeds the birds of the air. He clothes the lilies of the field. He asks us, do not worry about what you will eat, what you will drink, what you will wear. His love is with us. And so we ask ourselves today, what is our human condition? What is your burden, your challenge, your worry? What is giving you the most distress and difficulty in life? God's love and presence is here for you. Secondly, Paul not only addresses the human condition of our physical condition of where we are and what's going on in our lives, he addresses our spiritual condition. He looks at the spiritual realm around us and says, not even that. Okay, we, we, we're really focused often on ourselves, right? I mean, I'll tell you this morning, my little toe really hurts. And I'm not, I'm not belittling anybody's other woes or so forth. But last night I was pulling something off a shelf out in the garage 
and I had, didn't have any shoes on, which is rare for me. I always, usually have shoes on. And I turned and I kicked something and that toe just felt it and I can feel it this morning, right? And, and so those, even those little things like that, right? They, they get inside of us and they go, oh, wow, that, you know, I don't know what I can do today with that. We know we all have greater challenges. We have greater struggles. Paul moves beyond our human conditions to our spiritual conditions. In verse 38, For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present nor things to come. Now we have to dig a little bit here to try to understand what Paul is saying. He's referring to the spiritual powers around us. We see it in our church here. We look around us and we see this beautiful iconography and we know that God's presence is here with us. We are wrapping ourselves in our worship and in the presence of God. We know that spiritual reality is very, very real. And we know that when we walk out those doors and go out into the world, that there are other spiritual realities that are very, very real. There is evil in our world. There, is, there are difficulties and temptations and challenges and ideas and perspectives that are influenced by the spiritual realities around us. But Paul is saying here that no matter how great those spiritual powers, God is with you. You cannot be separated from the love of God. He says here that neither death nor life, right? We have to think of death and life in our faith. We don't think of it as just a physical thing. It's a spiritual thing. There is spiritual life and spiritual death. Nor angels, nor principalities. Now, what is he referring to here? Well, this is where we have to do a little bit of digging. Because the word that is used in the Greek text for this is the word arche. And this word has a, a number of different meanings, but what it refers to here is a, it could be a couple of things. One, that in ancient religions, in the religions of the time of, of Paul and, and as the apostles were going to share the Gospels, there were different views of the spiritual world around us and that, that it was organized in different ways. But there was also a prevailing view that those who were authorities in this world ruled because they had divine authority, that that authority that they had was given to them by the gods. And Paul is saying here, not even that claim of divine authority by any ruler in this world can separate you from the love of God. Because rulers, whether they believed it or not, often acted using that as their reason. Well, I can act in this way because I am in this position because of the gods. And thus, I am acting on that divine authority. Paul's saying no. Not even that claim, no matter where it comes from, if it comes from the spiritual realm, if it's of evil, or whatever it may be from, that cannot separate us from God. And then he says, of things present or things to come. Again, thinking spiritually. What is going on around us in the world? And what is the spiritual foundation or roots of it or cause? Or the things to come? Things that may we seem out of our control. Things that are happening around us or we know, we know will happen 
as we've seen throughout human history and even in the recent past, that will have an impact on our lives. Those things cannot separate us from God. What is your spiritual condition today? What troubles your soul? What torments or tempts you? What do you fear? God's presence and love is there for you. Do not let those things separate you from Him. And then finally in this passage, Paul talks about our human condition, our spiritual condition, but then he looks at our life condition. Our life condition. In verse, the, the latter part of verse 38, he says, For I am sure that neither nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Now here he turns to the world around us. He talks about powers. Okay? There's all kinds of power in our world, right? I mean, there's everything from political power to economic power to the power that advertisers have over us, right? When we watch TV and we see a commercial and we think, oh, I've got to have that or I've got to go do that. There is all kinds of power in our world around us. And we have to be careful because I'll say here at the onset of this that our life condition is often what we choose that separates us from God. It is in our life condition because we give in to the power of the world around us. Political, social, economic power. But he also says here, height or depth. Now what does he mean by that? That if we go to the tallest mountain or if we go to the deepest part of the sea, that that will not separate us from the love of God. I think what Paul is referring to here is the height or depth of our life condition. Right? All of us here today, we can look back on our lives and we can see this, right? We had the ups and the downs. We've had the good times and we've had the bad times. We've had the victories and we've had the struggles. We can all look at our lives and see the heights and the depths. That is our life condition. And that's what Paul is saying here, no matter how high we are. That could be in terms of our challenges. It could be in terms of our joys. It could be in terms of our wealth or how low we are, our poverty, our status in society or in our lives or in our families or in our communities. No matter the height nor the depth, we cannot be separated from God. In our life condition, we often have the choice, especially in our modern world, right, with all of our technology, with all of our things that entertain us and engage us and all the the things that we want and we can have in our world today, what do we choose that separates us from God? What do we choose to bring into our lives and to make the focus of our lives that separate us from God? This morning, as we heard in the gospel, for the rich young man, it was his wealth. His wealth was what was separating him from God. Not because Jesus gave some proverb here of saying, okay, everyone needs to go and sell all that they have and give to the poor. He was speaking to that young man because that young man, what was happening in his life was keeping him from being perfect. If you want to truly know the grace of God, if you want to truly know the presence of God, 
If you want to be holy as God is holy, if you want Him to restore within you the image and likeness in which He created you, then go and sell all that you have. Give it to the poor and follow me. Then there will be nothing in your life that separates you from God. That's what Jesus told him. And that's what he tells us today. I ask you, what is separating you from God? What are your priorities? And how does the order of those in your life and the direction of your life reflect that? Paul affirms to us And Paul is one to be able to say it, given all that he went through, that nothing can separate us from God and His love. If there is something between us and God, it is our choice. We've put it there. God wants to bless us with His grace and presence. He wants to restore each and every one of us in the image and likeness for which we are created. He wants to make us holy. He wants to bless us with the salvation for which we were created, the life for which we are created, a life with Him that will last long beyond anything of this world, the principalities, the powers, the heights, the depths, everything beyond our human and spiritual and life conditions here and now. What will last and what will be eternal is life with Him. Don't let those things separate you from God. Identify them, know them, pray about them. Ask God to give you strength so that you can draw closer to Him and you can know His loving presence. Amen.